Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of Her Story. This is your host, Cassidy Reed, and today my guest is Shelby Rassler. Shelby is a composer, conductor, multi-instrumentalist, and current master's composition student at the Juilliard School. In this episode, Shelby and I talk about her life as a composer, inclusion, the importance of mentor-mentee relationships, and composing during a pandemic, which she's done plenty of, and you'll find out later in this episode. I'm really excited for you to hear from her and her thoughts about the current issues going on and how composition has had a life during this time. So please let us know what you think and share this episode with your friends, and I will see you next Monday. My name is Shelby Rassler. Um, I am a composer and producer and instrumentalist and just kind of all around musician. Um, I'm originally from South Florida and then I did my undergraduate degree in Boston, the Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. And now I'm up in New York City studying at the Juilliard School for my master's degree. Woo, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm so glad you're here. I'd first like to ask you what got you started in music in the first place? Yeah, um, well, thank you for having me first and foremost. So when I was growing up um, from a very young age, my mom is a musician and singing teacher, um, and my sister is a musician and a performer. So it kind of has just been in our family since I was born. And my family is, is incredibly supportive of, you know, all of the things that I'm, I'm doing. So it, it was really just a, a lucky situation that I was born into a very musical family. Can you talk a little bit about um, some of your school experiences in music, maybe if you played a particular instrument or things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started I started playing the drums when I was about six years old, um, which is a very kind of uncommon thing for a six year old little girl to want to do, but somehow that happened. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and so I, you know, between the age of six through sort of elementary school, I, you know, was just playing drums and, and started picking up other instruments. And then when I got to middle school, um, I started playing the alto saxophone, which really kind of changed the game for me because I, I really enjoyed playing and just really enjoyed practicing and just being a musician as a whole. And that was kind of the first experience where I was playing a lot of music with other people and um, and I just loved it and I knew that that was what I wanted to do you know from from a very early age so uh, through middle school I was playing saxophone and also drums in the jazz band um, and then when I got to high school I was starting to take music much more seriously and I did a bunch of summer intensives um, in various places around the country and the world, actually. Um, I did a summer intensive in China for a summer and, and just kind of got to experience a whole new world of music and everything. Um, and then I started composing in high school as well. And I went to a summer program at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Um, and that was the first time that I did any sort of film scoring and media scoring. And I absolutely fell in love and knew that that was something that I wanted to kind of be a, a large part of my life. And so when college rolled around, I was in a classical composition uh, major 
uh, in the, the composition department at the Boston Conservatory um, and just loved every second of it and have you know, worked really hard on collaborating with dancers and musical theater majors and other musicians and just fell even more in love with, with music than I ever thought possible. And then I decided, you know, I, my, my dream school my entire life was Juilliard because I'm a musician and it's Juilliard. And so I, I thought, I'd, yeah, I thought I'd throw out sort of a, a Hail Mary, like one application to grad school, uh, like Juilliard, of course. Um, because I thought, why not? And I didn't think in a million years I would get in, but somehow I did. And now I am almost done with the first semester. That's, that's kind of been my uh, educational journey to get to where I am. Yes, and first semester during a pandemic, so good for you. <laughs> it's a very interesting experience, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So let's backtrack a little bit. And you had talked about, you know, you did all these intensives and that sort of thing when you were growing up, and that's what kind of sparked your interest in composition. So why composition? What made you choose that as your major? What made that stand out to you as like, hey, I want to pursue this professionally? Yeah, so I... You know, I, I knew, again, I knew that I was going to be a musician. I knew that music was going to be a very large part of my life, hopefully forever. Um, and I felt like with each instrument, because I play um, a bunch of different instruments and I have like the main ones of saxophone and drums, but I, I never, you know, wanted to be um, sort of like a, a concert instrumentalist. Um, that just didn't feel exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and so somehow I kind of figured that I wanted to write music without even knowing that I wanted to write music because that was kind of the synthesis of like all of the things. If, if you can play a bunch of instruments, you know better how to write for those instruments and, and make it, you know, more idiomatic for certain instruments and so certain players and stuff. So I think I subconsciously knew all along that I was going to end up being a composer, but it just took um, a couple people to, to guide me along the way to kind of reach that conclusion. But it made so much sense when I started composing and I was like, oh yeah, this, this is definitely what I'm supposed to be doing. That's so great. And so what have your collegiate experiences been like being a young woman and in composition? That's a great question. Um, it, you know, it's, um, <laughs> there, there were definitely some moments um, in my undergraduate um, just kind of my, my undergraduate life that, you know, were, were very indicative of, you know, what, what kind of the rumors that you hear where it's, it's hard to be a musician in any field when you're a female uh, identifying person and especially in composition where it's such a male dominated field. Um, so there, there were definitely some moments where that was really kind of present and highlighted, not anything from the faculty directly at the conservatory that I went to. I have only the most incredible, incredible things to say about the faculty there. And, and it was truly the best four years of my life. And, you know, I just, I love that school more than anything in the world. But um, with, with some, you know, visiting artists and visiting um, staff members and, and things that weren't on the full-time faculty there, um, there were, there were definitely some moments that I, kind of it kind of stuck with me you know over the years and things that I still remember very specifically so I I learned a lot about what it means to be a woman in the music industry and you know it, it definitely does have those challenges that people talk about I, I don't think that those stories that we hear are 
um, exaggerated or, or anything of the sort. So yeah, there were definitely some, some bumps in the road, but all, all together, you know, I've tried to just believe in myself as much as possible and, you know, know that whatever path I am taking is, is hopefully one that will lead me in a direction that I want to be going in, which luckily it did. And, you know, those bumps along the way were all part of the process, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's great. How important do you think representation is for young women in your field in composition? Oh my goodness, I think it is one of the most important things ever. You know, I, growing up, I, I didn't really have sort of a, a female identifying role model in the music industry. You know, there are all of these pop artists and incredible musicians all over the world who, um, you know, tons of women doing music all over the world, of course, but especially in the classical composition world and the film scoring world, it, it is very, very male dominated. So, you know, I, I wish that when I was 10 years old, I, you know, saw someone who reminded me of myself, you know, at the Oscars and not the same two white men that win the Oscars every year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's stuff like that. And even not at something so high, high scale as the Oscars, you know, something as simple as just, you know, going to a concert, a classical concert and seeing, you know, more than one female musician in the orchestra and, and things like that, you know. So I think that having that representation, especially in this specific industry, is so important because, you know, if if we don't do that, it's going to be the same exact people doing the same exact things that have been doing the same exact things for the last hundreds of years, you know, and I think that we're finally at a place where that is shifting a bit. And I, I just hope that we keep going in that direction and continue diversifying representation in, in all industries, really. But, you know, for me personally, in, in this industry specifically. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Did you ever have a woman composition teacher or guest artist or anything like that work with you either growing up or in college? Yes, I did. One of the things that I loved most about the Boston Conservatory was that we actually got to switch our um, private vo uh, our private composition teachers. Um, so basically every student is assigned a professor that they study with for the full year. And at most conservatories and universities, um, that person would remain your teacher throughout your whole degree, whether it's four years or a two-year master program or whatever. Um, but at, at the conservatory that I went to, we actually were encouraged to switch studios every single year. So I got to work with four incredible composition teachers, and two of them were women, which was just amazing. And um, Marty Epstein, who was my very first teacher at the conservatory, and who I worked with at the high school summer intensive, actually, um, a few years prior. And then... Yeah, so that was that was really great. And then Tina Talon, who um, is just an exceptional person and composer and um, sort of just a, a very big role model for me as well. So it was really, really awesome to get to work with four different people who had four different perspectives and, you know, four different ways of teaching. And, and I, I learned so much just from the sheer fact that I switched every year. 
I think that's so great that you were able to switch like that and then just get a bunch of different perspectives on things and different inputs. I think that's that's wonderful because I feel like a lot of students, you know, I wouldn't say they're stuck with the one teacher because a lot of times it's a positive experience, but that could also be a negative experience when you're with one person for this extended period of time. So I'm really glad that you were able to experience that and work with all these different people and work with people that identify the same way as you. I think that's so great. Yeah, thank you so much. It really, it really, really did have a, a very large positive impact on my, you know, four years in college. So I am just so grateful to that conservatory for just having that be part of the curriculum. It's awesome. Yeah. And you were talking about, you know, you were joking around about the Oscars and things like that. And you're saying, well, it doesn't have to necessarily be the Oscars. It could be anything, right? And we're talking about this idea of representation. So why do you think, you know, as you're in the thick of it, why do you think there is a lack of representation in composition? Why do you think there is this lack of diversity? You know, I, I think it's honestly like most other things where it just has, um, you know, the, the classical music world right now just is, is so rooted in traditions that are from literally hundreds of years ago. Um, and, yeah. you know, with our generation up and coming, you know, for the first time in, in a very long time, you know, we're seeing people with different views and look differently and identify differently from the people who have, you know, dominated most industries in the past. And so I think that that is really, you know, I feel like it's, it's, we're at the shift that should have occurred a really long time ago, but I think just because of the, you know, the simple fact that they, you know, continue through traditions and, you know, things just don't change until someone changes the kind of industry standard or um, just, you know, whatever it is. Um, I feel like it, it literally is as simple as because it has, it's been like that forever and until someone comes in and, and changes that, it's going to be like that forever more. Yeah, and I, and I understand that's, that's a very difficult question to answer and to just you know, <laughs> ask somebody to say, hey, what's the problem? Let me right. know, right? But I, I think it also has to do with this idea when we're talking about um, this representation piece and you having mentors in your life that look like you and are like you and have shared experiences like you. I think the idea of a mentor-mentee relationship is super, super important. And I think part of the reason why there is that lack of diversity in people in the composition field is because there's that lack of mentor-mentee relationship because the people that are there right now don't look like the students and so on and so forth. And there's this like cycle of, hey, where does it start? <laughs> where can exactly. we point the finger exactly. to? Like, this is why there's no diversity here. This is why there's no diversity here. And it's hard because it's very cyclical and just yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That is uh, exactly what I think is, is happening as well, for sure. Yeah, I would like to spin this a little bit and talk a little bit about you as a professional and some of the compositions that you have written and some of the things that you're working on currently. So how would, we're gonna start from like kind of a base level, how would you describe your style of composition? What do you like to work with? What sort of ensembles and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I think as of recent have sort of been exploring a lot of different styles of music. So I think for sort of the, you know, classical world that I'm, you know, studying right now in school and studied for four years in undergrad. Some of my major influences are the French Impressionist composers like Debussy and Ravel and so on and so forth. Um, I just absolutely cannot listen to an up 
enough Debussy. I think that he is absolutely one of the greatest composers to ever live and is probably my favorite composer of all time. So a lot of um, my studies have been kind of, you know, going through his scores and um, analyzing everything and, you know, seeing why he did certain things in certain places and and all of that. Um, and I think that's a great way to learn a lot is to, to study scores of, of the people who you want to write music like. So that is um, my main inspiration for the kind of classical world. And I really enjoy doing large orchestral scores and um, sort of very thick uh, textures and, and just really just like big orchestra things. So that's sort of the, the classical world. But then I also um, have written a lot of musical theater music and have um, written a musical and work at uh, a summer institute called the Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts, where we help young students write a musical in three weeks, which is so much fun. And so I think like half of me is a, a classical composer and then half of me is a musical theater writer slash music director slash uh, I write pop songs for other people sometimes, like, you know, just a, a bunch awesome. of different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great. And I was reading your bio and some of the projects you've been working on recently are awesome. Like you wrote um, music for a Lexus commercial and you wrote music for a short film that's now on Amazon. And you also did some virtual ensembles. Can you talk a little bit about your more current projects and how those came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So at the very beginning of when this pandemic was really um, kind of at the forefront of, of everyone's mind. So in um, late March, we had just um, learned that we had to go home for the rest of the semester because school on campus was was coming to an end in the, the last, I think, two weeks of March or something like that. And so I, along with all of my friends, were, you know, we were all just devastated to to hear that and obviously it was of course the right decision for all of our health and and all of our family's health um but you know at the time it was it was really really disheartening and so on the plane ride home from school um i thought of i i just wanted to find a way to continue collaborating with my friends when you know every single day we would be able to jump in a practice room together and make music together and you know doing concerts all the time and working on writing things together all the time and then all of a sudden that abruptly ended so i really just wanted to figure out a way to kind of continue the collaborative process with all of my friends and so i kind of came to the conclusion of creating some kind of you know orchestra video where everyone sends in their parts individually and at the time the whole virtual orchestra craze hasn't uh, it hadn't really begun yet. And so I just thought it was an idea that might be fun to do and just a way to give my friends something to do when we were all just kind of sad. And so uh, I produced a cover of Burt Bacharach and Hal David's What the World Needs Now uh, with 75 friends and family members. And that kind of went viral on the internet and um, you know opened up a, a really just unbelievable journey over the last however many months um, yeah. and it 
Yeah, and it really, you know, I'm so, so grateful for all of the opportunities that have come from that. Um, and so some of them have been, um, the, the first thing I did after What the World Needs Now was a, a collaboration with the Female Quotient, which is an organization um, that, you know, focuses on women empowerment and uh, female identifying people in the business world and everywhere, you know, all of the CEOs who are just doing incredible things and lifting women up and, and all of that good stuff. So we did a cover of Fight Song by Rachel Platten um, for their platform. And then moving forward, I wrote a song called Rebuild, and my sister actually wrote the lyrics. And um, we did a virtual orchestra cover, or not cover, I guess virtual orchestra sort of music video of that song. And um, it had over 300 people in it, uh, musicians and dancers and instrumentalists, singers, art uh, artists, you know, fine artists, everything. Um, and that was a fundraiser for the NAACP and Americans for the Arts, which um, both are incredible, you know, organizations that really need help and, and funding now and always and, you know, should always be um, something that, you know, people are, are donating to. And, um, and then after that, I began working on Seth Rudetsky's Stars in the House, where I create music videos and um, you like produce little videos for for that show, which um, are all of the basically like Tony Award winning Broadway actors and actresses and incredible, incredible people. And, and that has been amazing. Um, and then I got to do a collaboration with Laura Down, who is an incredible pianist. And um, we did a cover of Take Care of This House from Leonard Bernstein's 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And the musicians in that video um, included people like Yo-Yo Ma and Anthony McGill and Charles Gang and Rhiannon. So cool. Yeah, just like some of the most, you know, incredibly remarkable musicians alive right now. So that yeah. was an unbelievable opportunity. Um, and, you know, I, I've worked on probably 25 projects in the last seven or eight months so the you know wow. the list goes on and on but um yeah it, it's just been a, a really really awesome thing and um and also my my favorite part of of probably that whole process was actually getting to speak with and work with Burt Bacharach himself for the CNN fourth of July primetime special um over the summer so that was just you know I I have been listening to Burt Bacharach's music forever, just like everyone has, because he's quite literally one of the greatest songwriters of the world ever, <laughs> to, um, and has written more songs than people can even comprehend. So that was just such an inspiring time. And, and it's just it's just been a, a very, very wild journey. But I, you know, have really been enjoying the ride and have been so grateful for for every opportunity that I've been given. Yeah, it's so crazy. And it's just a, such a short period of time for you. It's like, you know, boom, you, you just finished your first semester, almost finished your first semester of your master's and your compositions are already being played on Good Morning America and <laughs> all these other crazy things. And Yo-Yo Ma is playing your piece that you wrote and all these insane things. I cannot imagine how you must have felt, you know, having your projects like that just go viral in that amount of time. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not something that I ever could have imagined in a billion years, but, you know, every single day I am just thinking about the the last several months and it's it you know it's just unbelievable and i got to actually do a lot of things um a, a couple of different videos in regards to the election that we are i guess still experiencing right now yes for whatever um, reason we still are yeah, yes. yeah somehow <laughs> that's uh, still happening but um i i got to collaborate with um for instance the coral reefer band which is jimmy buffett's band um, on a video that um, one of the band members, Jim Mayer, wrote. And so that was all about getting um, young adults out to, to the voting polls and emphasizing how important that is. I recently did, the United Nations had a 75th anniversary celebration concert um, that was right around that time as well. And so I got to do some string arranging for um, a piece that Bob Marley's son sang in and, you know, just a lot of really just unreal opportunities and and especially you know things that are really important like inspiring people to go vote and you know things that things like that and um, I'm currently working on writing a song for um, a, a hospital system and it's all about uh, saying thank you to the frontline workers and um, all of the people who are risking their lives every single day to save others lives and and just things like that um, that you know, I, I find really important and, and I'm just really thankful to be doing things like that. That's so amazing. And I feel like this time is so tragic for so many, right? Because, you know, we don't have our normal lives back yet. And it doesn't seem like we will again, because I know you're going to Juilliard. So you are in New York. I am also in New York on the opposite side of the state. So hello. But oh, okay. <laughs> Um, because I go to the Eastman School of Music in Rochester, New York. So I think we're also kind of have, heading towards more negative direction, you know, hearing Governor Cuomo talk about things like this and our numbers are not doing well. And it's, it's a very tragic time. There's a lot of anxiety um, and that sort of thing. But I also think there's a, a lot of opportunity for artistic growth mm -hmm. and for people to almost like in this time of confinement, a lot of people are actually blossoming and they're finding new ways to show people their art and display it because they're under these constraints that they normally wouldn't be under. And I feel like you did that so well and just finding new outlets to show people your music. And obviously that was very, ended up being very rewarding for you to do that, but I commend you for, you know, finding a way, right? Oh, thank you so much. I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because it's so easy for this time to like everybody to just feel really down on themselves and that sort of thing. And especially, you know, when you're in the music uh, profession and things aren't opening and things like that, it can be, you know, a very depressing time. But you are taking that, spinning it on its head and finding a way to be successful, even with the times that we are currently in. So I think that's great. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've always been like a very sort of project oriented person and as soon as I finish something I immediately want to start another thing so you know yeah. when again when school was ending in person I immediately thought to myself you know I I need to do something so it, it just kind of all fell into place but you know at the same time I also always am thinking about the people who who really are suffering right now and and losing family members and friends and and just such an unbelievable tragic time so 
um, you know, if, if the music that I put out makes one person smile when they hadn't smiled yet that day, then it would have all been worth it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I actually saw a post somewhere the other day. Mm -hmm. And after the bubonic plague, the Renaissance emerged. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, yeah. Hopefully that happens again. <laughs> oh, man, I hope so. You know, it's, it's so unfortunate that it's so dependent on funding and yes. money and just how unfair everything regarding money and funding is in the arts, mm -hmm. just in general, you know? Um, so I, I'm just really hoping for the best, you know, it's, it's really scary to, to think about what the next several months and, and years even can look like, but I'm just trying to stay as positive as possible and, you know, try to, I don't know, do, do whatever I can to, to help the, the situation, but we just have yeah, to. That's all that. you can do, right? Yeah, yeah um, exactly. And with the current social justice issues and the pandemic and all these things that we've been talking about and how they're related to your projects you've been working on, where do you see the future of composition heading? So after this era of pandemic, which will hopefully be ending at some point soon, I don't know. Corona just celebrated her year long birthday. So oh, I saw that, I know. <laughs> so let's say we're fasting for, we are now emerging from this time of you know darkness and anxiety and those sorts of things. So where do you see the future of composition heading after this time that we are experiencing right now? That's a great question. Um, I feel like because this is such an unbelievably unprecedented time, which I guess the, the hot word of 2020 is unprecedented. I yeah. saw that. <laughs> yeah, but so we're truly in a very unprecedented time. Um, and so I, I truly have absolutely no idea. Um, I can tell you what I hope will happen, which, you know, is, I guess, something. Um, yeah, I, I really. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, really hope that, you know, we're talking about representation. I hope that representation does not just become a buzzword so that on a poster you see representation, but then when you go to the concert, there is not. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, kind of getting rid of the, the tokenism in, in the industry, which I have seen a lot of, unfortunately. So my hope is that you know, we see posters that have all kinds of people on them and then we go to those concerts and then the people sitting in the orchestra or the people sitting in the pit or the people on stage also match the people that they use to promote the event, you know. Um, and, I, and I hope that that continues in a way that that just becomes the norm and the word representation doesn't have to exist anymore because everyone will be represented equally and um, you know, and, and not even equally, you know, the, the difference between equality and equity, you know, we need equity. Um, and, and that's something that I really, really hope for, um, especially in the music industry, but also just in general, you know, with all the kinds of social issues and, and just unbelievable things that are happening right now. Um, truly things that I just can't even believe are a discussion, you know, I, I don't understand why some of the things that are on the news are on the news. <laughs> so yeah. it, it just, it, it's a bit scary, but I, I just hope that, you know, we, we move to a place where all of these questions and all of 
this just ridiculous uh, amounts of inequity and injustice are just um, not a thing anymore. And uh, that's that's where I hope it's heading. But I, I don't know where it's heading. But, you know, we can we can dream, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And I think everything that you said was was great. I guess my last question for you is uh, we were talking about this idea, this overarching issue of representation during basically our entire conversation. What advice would you give young women who want to pursue composition? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, I, I would just say don't let anyone that, like anything that anyone says get in the way of your goals and your dreams. I, I find that setting goals for yourself is a really helpful thing, especially in an industry that you aren't the sort of dominating presence in, um, just to kind of feel like, you know, because sometimes, especially composition, it's it's a very lonely process and it's a, a very sort of isolating process. So I would say to a young woman who wants to pursue this, to meet other people, um, especially instrumentalists and, you know, work with them on learning music and, and um, collaborate and, you know, try just just really and truly don't let anything that anyone says to you um in a in a negative manner of course you know take in the the, the positive things that people say to you but if if you're ever you know in a sort of a, a bump in the road um you know just keep pushing forward and and really if you believe in yourself it does not matter that that one person who told you something that you didn't really want to hear, um, their opinion does not matter. Because if you believe in yourself and you believe in your goals and your aspirations and that you are, you know, dedicated and, and want to pursue this, just don't let anyone get in your way. And, and you know, that's obviously easier said than done. But it's it's something that I tell myself every day and, and I still have to remind myself and you know I'm only 22 but it's still you know it's it I've been in this industry for a while now and, and it's something that I continuously have to remind myself so that would be the biggest piece of advice um, and also if there are any young women or young female identifying people or or not that listen to this podcast anyone uh, you're more than welcome to reach out to me um, on any form of social media or um, through my website or email or anything. Um, if you have questions or, you know, are, are thinking about going into music but not sure or just need a little, a little extra encouragement to, to boost you forward, please reach out. I'm, I'm so happy to, to help and, and to, you know, sort of try to be the person that I wish I had in my life when I was, you know, a, a young age. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that about covers at all. <laughs> That's great. And I really appreciate you making the effort to um, see if anybody had any questions or concerns or anything to reach out to you. Um, I'm also going to be sure to obviously tag your social media accounts and everything. So um, everybody who's listening, be looking out for those um, posts when the episode's released and be sure to follow Shelby and bring her, bring her all your questions too. Because I'm, I'm sure she'd be happy to answer them. Shelby, I want to thank you so much for being on. Um, everybody should go check out Shelby's compositions because they're really wonderful. And she is taking everything in stride with the pandemic and really excelling right now. So everybody should be checking out her work because it's really awesome. 
Oh, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. This has been a really, really lovely conversation and I'm so happy to, to talk about these issues.